0: Um, Let's go to God in prayer before we open up our text this morning. Our God and our Father, we come before your throne of grace and surrender to you the things that weigh on our hearts and our minds and surrender to you our spirits that we may be used in a way that fits in with your will and with your desire for us and for this world. Pray that we would be still for the next few moments, God, as we open up your word, that, uh, that we would allow ourselves, open ourselves up to be shaped by your spirit. <clears throat> that you would move within us, that the obstacles that stand in the pathway of our transformation would be removed, and the things that we so frequently tend to focus on and dwell on uh, would be momentarily overcome, if not permanently overcome. Pray that we may gain wisdom and insight from the study of your word. And as we leave this place, Father, may we not leave you here. May we be a people who are dedicated and committed to following your spirit day in and day out, seeking where you would lead, searching for the places that you guide us, listening intently for the voice of your spirit. And may we have the courage and the boldness to follow. May we be a people who... Uh, brazenly proclaim the good news of your son and our savior jesus christ in whose name we ask these things amen all right um galatians chapter six that's where we're going to kind of start today as we uh continue this series on rethinking uh, the church and and if you remember what we've talked about the last couple weeks uh I'm talking about rethinking how we perceive what it means to be the church. uh, About who we are as a church, about the things that we are um, called to do and to be. Um, We've talked about community, we've talked about fellowship, um, and we've talked about adversity. Last week we talked about rethinking adversity. Uh, And and this morning we're going to look again at another aspect of, of our Body, of the, the body that we are as the church, and think about accountability um, and about what it means to be accountable uh, to one another. Um, in fact, let's look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 5. It was read for us a moment ago. Let's read it again as we get into this and think about what it means to be accountable to one another. It says, Brothers, if someone is caught in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual should restore such a person. With a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. Carry one another's burdens. In this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each person should examine his own work, and then he will have a reason for boasting in himself alone and not in respect to someone else. For each person Will have to carry his own load. A little bit of conversation about what it means to be the church, what it means to be a community, what it means to be a body. Car just pulled onto the sidewalk out there, but I think it's someone trying to get out of the rain. To get out! Just caught me off guard as it <laughs> whipped in right there. Um, <clears throat> what it means to be the body what it means to be accountable, that it is so easy. If you remember a couple weeks ago, when we had the illustration with the rubber bands. It's easy for us to be a whole bunch of individuals wrapped up in a nice little package. But when we are a bunch of individuals wrapped up in a, in a nice package that don't have any real bond or binding with one another, that don't have any kind of connection with one another, Just like a bag of a bunch of individual rubber bands, they have no power, they have no impact. But when as a body we come and we are bound and intertwined and woven together, changes the way that we affect the world around us. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter four and verse twelve talks about how a cord is easily broken, but a but a cord of three strands. A cord that is woven together is not easily broken. The importance of being bound and bonded together. That affects many aspects of our community, but one of the greatest aspects is it gives each of us a different level of strength. And in fact, if, if, if one horse can pull 5,000 pounds, two horses can pull about 18,000 pounds just by being yoked together being bonded together there's more so much more than just the sum of their two individual strengths combined and the same is true for us in the church that you and I can try and go out there and we can try to live individually as Christians we can even try to be amongst the body individually as Christians who just come here who gather here to just kind of take place in what goes on but we have a different impact, we have a different power, we have a different effect, not only in the church here, but in the world at large when we live as a community of body that are bound together, that live like we are bound together. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. In community, in community my weaknesses are overcome. Because when we live together in community, the things that you do well overcome my weaknesses. And the things that I do well overcome your weaknesses. And we are stronger together. You've seen those slogans, haven't you? Better together. A lot of people use it. Sports teams use it. Cities use it. Um, Charities use it. Better together. And they use it because it's true we are truly better together in fact the truth is that when we all do better we all do better if we would all be committed to doing better things then us as a community would do better this is not advancing here if you want to advance that with me when we all do better we all do better and think about that for a minute right if you're in a group of people and each of you as individuals decide that you are all going to do better then the group as a whole naturally is going to do exponentially better. And so we know that if we would all be be committed to be better people better Christians better Christ imitators that the church would be better, better people better Christ imitators. If we know that's true Then why don't we do better? Why don't we commit to being better? Well, I think one of the biggest reasons why we don't do better is because doing better requires accountability. And accountability requires a level of intimacy that we are not frequently comfortable with. That we are not frequently willing to sacrifice for. I was reading an article on uh, Covenant Eyes on their website, and, and they bring a lot of things to light. I'm gonna highlight a few of them. Uh, Covenant Eyes is a, uh, is a program, really a whole organization devoted to internet accountability. Uh, you get on there, you assign your accountability partners, and once a week, once every two weeks, you decide how frequently your accountability partners are emailed a list of websites that you've visited over that time period. So it's a way for people to be accountable in their online activity. They talked about accountability and they talked about the church and and I found so many of these things uh, to be very true. I mean we're going to we're going to sit here for a little bit as we think about why we resist accountability. One of the things is that people just don't like conflict. Uh, we, are, we are very, very adept at conflict avoidance. Um, and, and I will do almost anything to keep from getting in an argument with people. And sometimes, sometimes accountability comes with argument, but it always comes with conflict. Because we don't like to point out where somebody's doing something wrong, and I don't like it when you point out when I'm doing something wrong. And whether you are right or wrong, I will get defensive in a hurry. Even more so when I know that there's something I should be doing differently. I'll bristle up, I'll stand my ground, and and sometimes we can get a little um, hurtful with one another when those things transpire. And and we just want to avoid that. We don't like it. But the thing is, accountability has to start... With leadership, our leadership has to hold one another accountable, and we do our best to do that. It's easy um, to, to kind of stand back and and we can we can hold one another accountable. We can pray for one another. We can have those things in mind. But man, it is it, it is hard. It's hard to know when the appropriate time is to go and and to, to talk to people. It's one of the hardest things we do. It's one of the hardest things we do as Christians, as brothers, as family. It's one of the hardest things we do as leaders of the church. But it starts with us, but it doesn't end with us. Because you have the same obligation to accountability, to hold me accountable, to hold our elders and our deacons accountable, to hold one another accountable. But we have to be in community first. Because if you don't know me, you can't hold me accountable. If you haven't taken the time to have your life intertwined with mine, you've got no authority to hold me accountable. If all you have ever done with one another is is criticize and demean and disparage, you've not earned the right to hold anyone accountable. But when we spend time together, when we commune together, when we have been in each other's homes, and when we know what happens in each other's lives, we allow ourselves that ability to say, are you sure we should be doing this or going here or acting in such a way? And I think also we don't understand that sanctification is not an individual thing. Right? In order to be sanctified, for us to be purified by the blood of Jesus, it is always intended to be done in community. It's a community project that really requires the love and the care of fellow Christians to do just that. The New Testament in many places places great importance. On community, Motivating one another to love and good deeds. Hebrews chapter 10. Bearing each other's burdens. We just read in Galatians 6. Instructing and admonishing one another in Romans 15. This is a community thing that we do. Accountability is the same way. And people like their privacy except when they don't. Um, I like my privacy unless it benefits me. And, and I try not to think too much about how much privacy my cell phone is surrendering on on my behalf without my request or without my authorization and and so you know but my cell phone benefits me so that kind of privacy i'm frequently not too worried about Uh, and then there's the social media thing and on social media nothing's private like i'm gonna shit this out there share this out there but please don't tell anybody (laughs) it's a secret right don't let this get out We have this in mind, though, that there is some semblance of privacy in those things. But frequently in our own private lives, we have them and hold them private for that very reason. And accountability is about making myself really, really vulnerable. About opening myself up to being scrutinized. To being constructively criticized that's just not an easy place for us to be. It is very intensely personal. And I'll tell you this, I don't take accountability really well from my wife. I take it, but I don't take it well. It's not a part of my nature. Um, I take it a little worse but still okay from my very good friends you know who i don't take accountability and criticism from at all i don't take it from people who've not invested in me because it's very intensely personal but that's the way we are designed as the church to have those kind of relationships that are so close and so intensely personal that we can have those conversations because we are invested in one another Um, james 5 16 is not a suggestion but a command and this is something frankly that we're just not taught a lot about at least not seriously confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed here's a command that we are given not just as a matter of following a command It says it's good for you it brings healing it brings health it brings wellness to the Christian soul Uh, but frankly how many of us have experienced some very unhelpful or unhealthy accountability Uh, we all have and and that leaves us in such a way that we just don't want to try it again but think about this what if we what if we just wrote off everything that we didn't have a good experience with once how many things in your life would be gone how many things in the church would be gone if one time your your preacher didn't preach a good sermon be a short service be like well we're not doing that again that was a clunker throw that out and throw him out too we're done not going through that again But we know it has value, right? Even, even in the bummer sermons, there is some value that comes out of it because that's just the way the Spirit works. We may have had some bad experiences with accountability in the past, but that doesn't negate us of the obligation of, of having that be a part of who we are as a community. A lot of times we see this as something that we should only come to when something gets really, really bad. But what does he say in Galatians? Bear one another's burdens. Walk alongside one another. Like This this point of, of us coming together is not just for when everything goes haywire. That we walk together with one another daily, constantly. It's not just for when things get really bad or when you don't see the end in near. There are all kinds of these statements in the Bible, especially in the New Testament about one another. Do a search in the New Testament for the one another passages and you'll see what we do with one another, what we do in community, what we do together as the body of Christ encompasses the whole of life. And they are for all Christians not just for those who are in sin and, and and we need to be better about discipling too. Right? And, and that's part of being a community, that we disciple one another, that that we we begin these relationships and we grow up together. We have people that are our mentors and we have people that we are mentoring. Because, as we've said, this is not an individual walk that we are participating in. Growth and maturity. We talked about last week our community activities. This is a community project. And our older Christians need to be discipling our younger Christians. And our younger Christians need to be discipling our even younger Christians. And and those people need to be getting prepared to disciple someone else because we need to be groomed. We need to be helped. We need someone to walk along beside so that we aren't just wandering aimlessly out into a world. We are are growing to a place where we just simply lack quality, friendships. Accountability is natural in gospel-centered friendships. We need these kinds of friends that are mentioned like in Proverbs, men and women that will stick with us through thick and through thin, who aren't afraid to confront us, who compel us to be better, who compel us to do what is right. Because it's not only about what I can do to call out your sin. It's about opening up myself to allow you to shed a light on where I need to be better. I don't like to do that though. You know why? Because there are too many dark places that need to be illuminated in my life. And it doesn't matter how long you spend in the Bible each day, it doesn't matter how many times you've read the Bible through, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, and it doesn't matter if you are a preacher or a teacher or a construction worker or even a lawyer or a car salesman. You need accountability. None of us are immune from those dark spaces that need to be illuminated. But how can I put myself in a position to be examined if we don't have true friendships? Friendships are getting harder and harder to come by because life is busy. It's busy because we've made it busy. There are things that compete for our time over and over and over again. There are family activities, work activities, church activities, community activities, all kinds of things pulling at our calendar, saying, come over here and go over there. And then there are other things that go on that we have obligations for, where sometimes it seems like we don't even know which end is up. What do you mean you want me to schedule something for next month? I'm just trying to get through tomorrow. Because we are stretched so thin. Who has time for a friendship? They take effort, and they take even more time. But that's the life that we have begun to develop. And as much as we would like to say it stays out of the church, I fear that it doesn't. Because our busyness gets in the way of those Christian, gospel-centered friendships that anchor us. Anchor us in the body and anchor us in the world. The gospel of Christ, right? That's what, he t- that's what Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 6. If you, if you will do these things, you will be participating in the gospel of Christ. That is what drives us to desire this kind of community. It is who we are in his body. it's not condemning it is gracious it is loving and it's compelling accountability that brings a community together instead of driving it apart it is gracious and loving accountability that proclaims what life is like in the body of Christ to the world in a true and remarkable fashion we need to be taught how to do this well because it's not something that comes naturally rethink the church we need to rethink what it means to be social all right we need to be that place in the community where social media is not our definition of what it means to be social because that's where we have gotten to in in the world in which we live is that we think we have a lot of friends because I can look on Facebook and see that I got a whole thousand of them or two thousand I shared this yesterday with two thousand of my closest friends and we say it jokingly but in one sense that is our idea of social connectedness and you have all kinds of platforms. you got Twitter. you got Instagram. you got Facebook. Uh, and, and this is not super new. It's maybe in this generation. But it's getting more and more prominent that we do everything online and we do everything in society. And we think that because we are so connected with so many people on so many different places in the world, that we know what it means to be social. We have no idea what it really means to truly interact with one another face-to-face, person-to-person, to sit across the table and to speak into someone's life and allow life to be spoken into ours. We need to rethink social life. You remember a day, I remember a day not too long ago If I can remember it. When the whole community would gather down at a a bowling alley or a park. You know, you'd have all kinds of places where people just gathered to speak to one another and to share about their weeks and to share about the things that are going on. We have a different avenue for that these days, but that doesn't mean that that other avenue is not important. You know, technology has done great things for us, and it continues to give us many different avenues through which we can connect to people we were never able to connect to before, but we can't do that at the expense of the people whose lives we touch every day, physically, personally, intimately. The eyes in which we look into. But we're not looking into anyone's eyes usually in fact frequently we're not even looking into the eyes of the other drivers i'm just watching that little lane line out the corner of my eye because i got great peripheral vision yes i'm only going 35 on the highway but that's okay i'm being safe And I've been guilty of it too, of of hanging out with the kids and you know, playing a game or or looking at something or surfing through this or that. And I'm not going to give you a hard time because if I give you a hard time, I've got to give me a hard time, and I don't want that. But we've got to rethink what it means to be social in the church. Redefine and reclaim the word friend. Oh, we're friends on Facebook. That's not friends. I want to know, are you my friend? Oh, yeah, I liked one of his posts yesterday. I even favorited a tweet. We're we're tight. He retweeted me. We're real tight. (laughs) And I know it's funny. Maybe we laugh so we don't cry because we realize that it's really a difficult place to be. And we got to work to keep that out of the church. To make sure that this is a space where we can come and be so close and so intertwined with one another that we reclaim what it means to be friends. We reclaim what it means to be social. The biggest challenge that we face today in the church is attendance minus participation. It's people that show up, do their due diligence, And then walk out the back doors and don't even think about this place until another week passes and it's time to get up and come in and do my due diligence again. Attendance without participation. Too many times, too many families, too many people come into service on Sunday. There we go. Now... don't have any idea and don't even think again about it until it's time to come again this is this is not something that's intended to bring guilt or shame on anyone that's done anything like this or been in that rut i've been in those ruts before get into them frequently where all i want to do is just show up keep my head down not get noticed and then go about my life because i'm busy This is about becoming aware of who we are, who we need to be.